Oh yes, this is the Hardcore Marketing Show. I'm Casey Cheshire, your host for this epic journey. Today's show is sponsored by Ringmaster on a mission to launch B2B podcasts that create relationships, generate revenue, and drive growth. Ringmasterlive.com. Bam. Yes, we have started. I have pressed the button. The train has left the station and I am hydrated. I am caffeinated. I'm ready to go. So this is going to be a fantastic conversation. I can't wait to introduce my guest to you today. Well, who is he, Casey? Who is he? Stop talking and tell us who is this special guest. Well, I got to tell you, he's a visionary leader. Decades of experience in marketing and sales. And you know what? He is a digital first kind of guy. He is AI obsessed, aren't we all these days? But in a, in a practical way, right? My guest has that creative side and has that pragmatic side. And it's going to help, help us all merge those two parts of ourselves together today. He is all about the AI and being digital first. I can't wait to introduce the CMO at Assure Software. Mike Vinoy, welcome to the show, sir. Hey, thanks, Casey. Flattered. Man, you're busy. I almost lost myself in your introduction. There's just so much going on. <laughs> it does How feel do you keep that track? way. <laughs> so they, they they say if you want something done, give it to a busy person, right? That's it. That's it. And they'll actually find a way to get it done. It's insane. So I'm gonna right. hand you this thing. It's heavy, but I can tell you work out with boulders on the weekend. All right, here it is. All right. Okay, here we go. Uh, got all right. it? All right, I got it. Take for me Thor's hammer and smash some kind of marketing myth, bogus strategy, misconception. Set the record straight once and for all. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know if it's a big myth or not, but I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing marketing from other marketers these days that uh, it's literally using the word words that lead generation is dead. It's all about uh, demand generation. It's all about content. It's all about brand. And I... I mean, I freaking love those things, but I'm just here to tell you, good old fashioned lead generation freaking works and it doesn't isolate buyers. It doesn't piss people off if you do it correctly and wisely. Um, and you can build a successful marketing function if you're only going to do inbound, if you're only going to be so persuasive in building business cases and assume people consume your content that they come to you. But I mean, building the field of dreams, assuming that uh, you build it and they're gonna come, uh, you're, you're, you're kind of like by definition only gonna tap a certain percentage of the market. You also, if you wanna go big and you wanna grow as big as you can, as fast as you can, you, you do your very best to get inbound and to generate demand and whatnot, but you also have to be on offense and you have to knock on doors, whether it's literally or metaphorically with, you know, digital and phone and whatever other tech uh, and simply ask people if they want to buy from you because depending on your business, there's always going to be a certain percent of your buyer, uh, of your prospects, your ICP that's in market. So to, to, to me, that's the myth that uh, lead generation is dead. It's all about content and demand, Jen. Uh, those are really, really important things that at the end of the day in B2B, they, they just help Legion be better. Man, it's powerful. You got, you got a lot of content marketers, a lot of brand marketers, a lot of demand marketers out there saying, wait, what's up? But where does this come from? Why, why are we all 
tooting all these different horns and somehow lead gen is this dirty word. Like how, how has this occurred? I mean, I think there's a bunch of reasons. So, um, I mean, watching some of your guests, you know, uh, uh, Rand Fishkin a few weeks back, he hit it on the head and I know you've had other guests that said the same thing. It's harder to measure today. Um, uh, digital marketing that it was even just five and certainly uh, harder than it was 10 years ago. I think a lot of us operated under this myth 10 years ago that, you know, you could track every step of the buyer's journey. You could measure, you could quantify, you can operate, uh, optimize every stage of the funnel. Um, I, I think most of us who've been doing this for a while all of a sudden kind of realize, hey, that's a really cool thought exercise, <laughs> but that's just not how human beings behave. That certainly isn't how uh, a committee-based, complex, considered purchase happens in a in a business in B two B. You know, it's I, I always liken it a little bit to uh, uh, the old kids' game, uh, shoots and ladders. Right, you climb up and then you fall down some steps. You climb the ladder up again, come back Love down those couple steps. Great it's, game. It's, it's just not linear, right? You're right. going up and down. Budgets get cut. People get fired. Initiatives change. Priorities shift. You're re-educating the new executive, that executive, you're at the finish line and all of a sudden they get fired and there's a new exec. I mean, B2B deals are complex and they're, and it's kind of silly to think you're going to, you're going to program some if then logic and all this, uh, uh, buyer's journey mapping of personas to stages to content, blah, blah, blah. It's all, it's all good, noble work, but, but you, you can't predict it. Right. So, um. I, I, I think now all of a sudden you get rid of third party data and you're reliant only on your own data with uh, the security of the, of the, the Bings and the Googles. Uh, I think that people have kind of gone wholesale. Hey, it's all about content, right? Uh, you can't track everything that's happening in social, put all your content, let people consume it at their own pace and then let them come to us. It, it, and I'm, I'm, I'm beyond a huge believer in that. I think that is the right way to do marketing. But if you only do that, you're just leaving, depending on the size of your company, size of your market, you're leaving probably tens of millions of dollars on the table by not doing some good old fashioned, it looks a little bit like digital marketing version of what sales used to be and asking for the business, right? Mm. When you, if you add value, add value, add value, add value through high value, you know, educational content, thought leadership, you've earned the right to ask for the business at least every once in a while. Uh, and when you do it, it works. You know, that's one of the things I've always respected about a good sales professional is that at the end of the day, they have that personality trait. Some would say flaw, but God bless them because you need it in a, in a sale to go, all right, are we doing this, right? It's a little uncomfortable. Yeah. You could get rejected, but there's that ask for the business. And I think sometimes as marketers, maybe we went to marketing, so they wouldn't have to get rejected all the time. <laughs> but, you know, but it's like, at some yeah. point, you got to ask. You got to say, yeah. are we doing this? Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a huge huge believer. I mean, if, if I think about it as a continuum, so uh, I mean, I really do love and believe heavily in content marketing and demand generation, right? Put out the thought sure. leadership, put out the educational content. Most of your ICP is not in market in any given time. So you're, you're, you're building an engaged audience that when some trigger event happens, now you're first in line when there is, a, a, is an event. 
But I, I'd say all that precedes great legion. You could, you could very literally have no content marketing, no SEO. You, you maybe just have a decent enough looking website that if you have a, a reasonable, reasonable piece of content that you just simply email out to a cold list, I know that's a dirty word to say, and, and, and ask for, for, for buyers, you'll get leads. It's just that further upstream from that, really good demand generation makes lead gen easier. And really great content marketing makes demand gen easier. And further upstream than that, really great brand makes content marketing easier because people are more likely to actually consume your content. And furthest upstream of all is happy customers who love your product and then you don't need marketing at all. Right. I mean, so to me, this it's just this continuum that I think it's almost kind of become in vogue, all the demand gen, all the content, because that kind of is what most of our daily jobs are. I just think people forget kind of to get back to back to the basics. Ask for the order. Can you help me with the definitions of these different aspects? We we've mentioned brand and demand. Versus, yeah, and content, obviously, but then like lead gen. So what, you know, almost like painting, like, here's what these things are. And then what exactly do we mean when we say lead gen? Because there's just so much stuff these days. Yeah, no, I think that's, I think that's a fair question. And I'm, Casey, maybe I'm overreacting because I, 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 to some marketing that I've seen as of late, I've literally seen some people trying to get me uh, to, to, to bite on podcast stuff and be guests and, what that and and their claim is that lead generation is dead. It's all about demand generation. That's so. So I'm feeling a bit triggered here. So, yeah, so, so that's what we're here for. This is the show for yeah. triggered marketers. I I, I think I, I I think at least for me, I, I take the words at face value. Demand generation is just what it sounds like. You're generating demand. So it's it's person who has uh, uh, they have a latent pain that they either don't think can be solved or they're unaware that it is solvable, right? So you're educating your customer that, hey, you know, lots of other businesses just like you experience this exact same situation. Here's, here's their day-to-day. -day. These are the pains that they feel. These are the consequences they feel they have because they can't so solve that pain. Oh, by the way, there is, in fact, a solution to the market that addresses that. I'm not pitching product and I'm talking feeds and speeds and I'm not talking saying buy from me. I'm just educating on what is available in the marketplace, focusing with uh, great content that talks about the high probability pain points that people have. But I'm never actually asking for the order. I'm just assuming when they see all this brilliance, they're going to come knocking on my door and some of them will. So I, I, to me, that's demand generation. Lead generation, I'm literally saying, hey, Saw you downloaded my white paper. Would you like a free quote? Hey, hmm. uh, thanks for registering for the webinar. Sorry we missed you. Would you like to talk to one of our uh, uh, solution consultants and see a demonstration of the product? I mean, you can just go right to it. So to me, that's demand gen. You're literally trying to generate demand. But if if, if I'm if I'm at the if I'm in the middle school dance. Demand gen is me wearing my, you know, wearing my new suit in my corset, my, my uh, bright my orange. Is it bright orange? Yeah. yeah. I, I was thinking powder baby blue, perhaps. Yeah. Okay. I got the yeah. orange. You got right. the blue. We're good. Yeah. The, in the, in some, some ruffles. Right. And so <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm looking as hot as I can 
And I'm hoping that she comes across the, the gym floor to dance with me. That's demand gen. I mean, lead gen is I'm going the one going across the floor and asking for the dance. Now, if I'm not looking dapper, my demand gen, the likelihood of me converting on that ask is probably lower, right? right. So you got to do both. But if you're, if you're only going to generate demand, hoping that they come to you, eesh, it'll happen. But you, I just, like I said, I just think you're leaving millions of dollars on the table. There's a lot of dances you could have had, had yeah. you simply asked, right? And, and so that's very interesting. A great, great metaphor, because you can just see the person doing their little dance thing on the side of the dance. But, and, yeah. and maybe there's some people going like, oh, man, I'd love if that person danced with me. But no one asked. No one if asked. only I had the courage to ask when I was in middle school. I had, oh, I know. Tell me about I, it. Unlike right? you, Casey, I had zero game. So, uh, well, uh, I have B two B game. You know, that's all I gotta say. I, I do not have B two C game. That is for sure. <laughs> I take a lot of nurturing. You know, that's yeah, 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 yeah. right. <laughs> very right. considered sale. Yeah, you will. The the considered <laughs> purchase. You were a complex sale, I'm sure. So, yeah. Uh, Pretty complex. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely, uh, definitely, uh, <laughs> safe Harbor warnings beforehand. Right. Don't buy yeah, this right, product based right. on what, what I tell you I can do. Um, right. so see, I appreciate you talking through that because it becomes very clear now if we have all these people doing all the important steps beforehand, all valid. I'm glad they're talking about yeah. it. But at the end of the day, you're missing out. You're that's right. You're waiting for Godot. Was that even a movie? I don't know. They're just waiting for something to happen. And sometimes it will, but not, not as much. And, and Casey, I, I think the masters know this. I mean, yeah. Um, so I've been at Assure for a little over five years running marketing. The 12 years prior to that, I ran my own agency. Before that, I was corporate America. When I ran my agency, we, we experimented. We ended up buying our own uh, company marketing automation and incorporated that into all our engagements. Which one? But as we were as we were experimenting with different platforms, and I'm talking old school back in, you know, a long time ago, you know, Eloqua, this is part out long before Salesforce and, and Exact Target and all that kind of stuff. And I remember this new company up in Boston. It's at a trade show up in Boston. And uh, this new company, never heard of them before, this little thing called HubSpot. <laughs> and uh, I step out the hall after one of the speakers and there's this little table set up, the row of tables like these little tiny uh, uh, conferences are, right? And uh, they had this new tool they were telling me about called the Website Grader Tool. Okay. And he, did, he had a printout version of this thing and he graded my website, basically told me how terrible my website was <laughs> for SEO and, and the game should be inbound and, and hey, you should check our software out. Uh, I booked the appointment, hop on a plane, go back home and, and check out the demo. I was like, I want to, it could be right. I think I'm like customer number 75 or something with HubSpot. Mm. This was really, really early. And I'm sure they don't do this anymore. All the stories. So, so Brian Halligan, the founder, right? You know, he, he, he Google his, you know, Brian Halligan origin story. And it, this whole concept of inbound was, was staking out new territory in telling a different story, trying to, trying to carve out some, some blue ocean in what was otherwise marketing technology, right? Marketing yeah. automation space. And so he's trying to create blue ocean and how can I tell a story inbound that's got a yin and a yang, the opposite is outbound. And so 
the enemy of inbound is outbound. And I think they were wildly successful in this storytelling of outbound is enemy, inbound is good. But I tell you what, when when they were, before I signed the contract with these guys, he did a screen cam demo of me and my click behavior in HubSpot to show me all it could do. And he showed me how they found me off of a purchase list in a trade show attendee and, and where they were getting their deals at that time, early days. And I'm not taking a shot at no, no, the, yeah. any of those guys. They were buying lists, emailing folks, going to trade shows, doing advertising, and those leads would come in and then they would automate a drip campaigns and nurture them, of course. But they were on offense. It was good old fashioned sales tactics. It was good old fashioned lead gen that was getting them the deals in the first place, right? So I, yeah. I think there's this, this whole movement, inbound good, outbound bad, that's dirty, that's the old way, that's sleazy used car salesman. Um, it's just, it, 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 it's just a shame, right? Because yeah. it, it, they go hand in hand. When I'm walking across the gym floor, if I don't smell good, if I haven't brushed my teeth, if I haven't combed my hair back then when I had hair, if you're not wearing that beautiful suit, then you asking for the order, you're not going to get it. So you have to do both. But uh, I, I, th- I do think we vilified the, uh, the tactical lead gen port. Yeah, you know, it's, so, it's so cool that you bring that up because I remember having conversations with people and a lot of times their initial targets were like the really small business, the, the mom and pop shop who didn't have budgets for anything else and they had nothing but time sitting at the cash register waiting yeah. for someone to come in the store and so they had all the time in the world to blog because it was free and right and away right. you go. And that's fantastic. But you're right. Yeah. You got to do all the other things. And so it's almost like, look, if you're a, a mid-size, small, mid, even enterprise, you, you have the resources. And to your point, go on offense. Don't take right. a playbook from a mom and pop shop, you know, borrow what you can from there. But yeah, it's yeah. a great point that we, I think a lot of us grew up on that inbound university. And so from there, it's just like, well, of course, but it, you're right. right. It's all, it all has its place. Right, right. And and one, and like I say, one compliments the other. Yeah. You got to have good breath and wear cologne and have your hair done and have the suit to, to when you ask for the order that they, that she'll say yes to the dance. So you got to have the demand gen uh, in, in place uh, in if, if you don't have any demand gen preceding lead gen, man, you're making lead gen awful hard. So yeah. uh, if I was to choose only one, <laughs> I would choose demand gen. I would choose content first. I think the content game is the, the repurposing and stratification of content from, say, a weekly show like this. Yeah. That gets cut into shorts, that turns into transcripts, that turns into long form in fractionalized into a, a, a million pieces, where that content lives and, and where it delivers impact has changed perhaps. Reels and TikToks and Insta versus yeah. LinkedIn and blogs and web pages and emails, right? But the content strategy is largely the same. Um, I would start there. I still would, if I could only choose one demand gen or legion, I would choose demand gen but I just don't want to vilify uh, the, the bottom of the funnel. So I, I was actually going to ask you that. So someone listening to this is like, I have completely neglected lead gen. I drank a little too much HubSpot Kool-Aid. 
and I need to, I need to fix myself. Listening to this, you would start them back at the top of the waterfall, back at the top of the food chain and say, you know, how's your demand gen or even how's your brand? Would you go all the way back there? Or do you do all that first, then lead gen last? Or get your lead gen built and then build everything else in front of it? I mean, it, it, you got to start at the bottom of the funnel and work your way up be, be, before even choosing which strategy. What is the marketing's c contribution going to requirement going to be? I mean, yeah. if you're working for a CEO who has uh, good marketing chops, they see the long-term uh, vision, they understand the long-term impact of, of content and PR and SEO, then the sooner you can start there, the better. But if you're working for a company, and, and maybe, it, maybe it's a, 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 a modern, uh, very thoughtful CEO, but we're living hand to mouth. We're not going to survive two quarters from now unless we get leads today, which is the situation for so many small businesses and mid-sized businesses that yeah. you might just simply have to deliver funnel like this and starting with content and SEO. I mean, you'll be out of business before you start gener generating leads. So I right. I'd say you, you, you got to tailor it to the company that you're serving. Um, So, something I, something I think about. So, so like I'll, I'll meet with uh, partners, right? Yeah. So, you know, our, our core business is payroll and human resource software, HR services, benefits, administration, time to 10 software, things like that. Yeah. And so there's, there's this whole ecosystem of, of HR systems. Um, and so we'll work with a partner and they'll want to do some partner marketing. And I can just okay. tell, and, and I, feel, I feel like I'm turning into a, a, a host bot bashing session. I'm not, I think they're awesome. Actually. No, that's cool. Um, Amazing. But it, it's what you said. It's like, oh, they're going to put together some, some, here's my top of funnel, my tofu strategy. And then here's my lead nurturing, my uh, uh, strategy. And I'm like, okay, you're going to send this email and you're going to run an ad targeted at this audience, your ICP, however you just define it. The, the, those hand raisers are going to go into this funnel. They're going to matriculate through your process. And maybe you've got a really simple one. It's two, three steps over four days. Maybe it's a 12 week, 18 touches. I, I, I don't care. You've got some funnel that you've, that you've crafted. What happens when all of them matriculate through? And so I sent my initial blast to, let's say my ICP is 20,000 prospects. I sent my okay. initial blast to 20,000 prospects and I got, like, maybe I got a 10% response rate. Oh my God, that'd be amazing, right? So now I've got 200 yeah. people matriculating through my, my funnel. I've sold what I'm going to sell. And now what am I going to do next to that 20,000? Am I going to get 10% conversion every time I send an email or make a call or present an ad? Well, hell no, right? It's going to be probably, it's going to be diminishing returns. It's going to be low single digits. And so now I'm just dropping a little bit at a time into this funnel and, you know, a percent of a percent of a percent turns into really small numbers really, really fast. Yeah. It, it, and, 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 and I think people confuse, I'm going to have this content strategy that kind of, you know, flutters up in the, up in the ether here and engages an invisible audience I can't see. And therefore they're going to drop into this funnel. They're going to matriculate through the process and there's going to be all these leads. But when you just think about conversion rate optimization from stage to stage to stage, um, it, it just, it doesn't produce enough results. Right. It doesn't. I, I mean, it very quickly, you've got a 
clogged drain at that point. It's not yeah. getting through. So, so I, I, something that I feel like, I, and I, I, I'll confess, I, I feel like I still really wrestle with this. Yeah. I used to fall in love with my, uh, my if then flow charts, right? It's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this is so cool. Yeah, I'm going to yeah, automate yeah. the entire process. And it, but it'd be like, I just described, it's like week one, month one, month one, two, three. It's like, oh, we're freaking Nostradamus. Look how cool we are. And all of a sudden, okay, what's your next play? And I've almost flipped. So instead of having these really contemplative, sophisticated <laughs> funnels, I go to stupid, simple funnels, lead gen funnels. Okay, I saw you click on that. You, you want to talk to a sales rep? Do you want a demo? You want pricing? So that my nurturing looks an awful lot like top of funnel campaigns where I'm putting thought leadership content in front of them all the time. And it, it might be, email, it might be, not, not might be, it is email, it is phone calls from SDRs and BDRs and sales reps where I'm just delivering content, 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 but it's not this uh, esoteric inbound that only lives in social, it lives in the blogs, lives in, in, in content placement, hoping that they will come. I'm on offense delivering that thought leadership, so I'm priming my own pump. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah. The pushing the content does. Uh, tell tell me how it's different. Uh, going stupid simple. Is it just the call to action is is super? You're not just pushing more and more content. You're pushing content and then having an ask every time. Or no, I, I, it's it's the it's the pushing of the content and always new content versus publishing content, hoping that they will come. Okay, and it's, then and then how is that different than the long? Like what changed from the long vertical program to the short, simple ones? So I, th I think call it five and eight years ago. Sure. I, I think I was drinking the Kool-Aid where I'm just going to blog like crazy and I'm going to, I'm going to try to get my blog syndicated. So my, that content lives in as many places as possible. That blog will be a derivative of maybe a monthly webinar or a weekly podcast or whatever. So I got, I got all my content that I'm just publishing yeah, and expecting it's going to get picked up. I, right. I create as many tentacles to it as I possibly can, expecting it's going to get picked up. And then what gets picked up drops into my funnel. Then I have this big, long funnel. The, the problem is stuff doesn't get picked up all that fast. It takes right. a really, really, really long time. So my pivot is, but if I have this long funnel, so let's say, Casey, you responded to uh, this piece of content over here, you end up in my funnel, yep. and maybe you're 10 touches, maybe you're 15 touches over a 12-week period. Now I'm going to email you and call you. I'm going to annoy the hell out of you if you're receiving all these automated emails and I'm calling you and I'm emailing you, right? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, So yeah. The, the, the pivot for me was, okay, I'm still going to publish content like crazy, because th there is value in the long tail of, of that content. Like I'll, I'll, I'll be receiving leads on gated videos and gated eBooks that were published five years ago, right? Hell yeah. So there's still long tail value there, but I'm also every week gonna email you an article on something purely educational. I'm, uh, e every month I'm gonna still call you saying, hey, and, and I love using third-party uh, content to validate your story. So maybe I'm going to email you uh, an ebook we published 
but I'm going to call and send you a, an SDR email of, say, a YouTube video not published by me, but that validates my story, right? So I'm, I'm outbound pushing content to you to therefore prime my pump, but my pump, my, my funnel now, it might only be two, max three steps where I'm taking the person who demonstrated interest by a click or a form fill, some type of hand raise, some type of intent data. And then I'm asking for the order, asking, do you want pricing? Do you want demo? Do you want to talk to sales? Within just two or three steps in a very short period of time, because I'm going to continue to outbound pump content to you. Does that make sense? Yeah. And, and, and so I, that stuff you're pumping is not programmatically built in a nurture campaign. It's, no. It's fresh and happening right now and that's being right. pushed out as opposed to building your evergreen tree and throwing a bunch of people in there and then hoping that they enjoy the 15. So I also heard that they're, they're supposedly consuming this, these 15 programmed emails, but then they're also getting harassed. Yeah, it's like if, if, I'm gonna if I'm going to send you once or twice a week emails and yeah. call it weekly phone calls while you're also receiving, you know, once or twice a week programmatic automated drip campaign emails, A, I'm going to look stupid. You're like, this, is, this brand is confusing me. They obviously yeah. don't, left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. Um, I'll, ju I'll just simply be annoying, right? Yeah. Um, so short funnels in always hitting the drumbeat outbound marketing. It, it's voicemail broad. It's, it's dropping voicemails. It's texting. It's emails. Um, uh, it's, it's phone calls. It, it, it's, it's all traditional, all boring, not sexy outbound, but I'm not yeah. asking for the order there. I'm, I'm delivering and pushing educational content to therefore then prime my short funnel pump. Got it. So the push is is the education and then the nurture is like let's get to the point here so they have a chance to to show you proof of life responding to your pushes if they do now they're in a, a short sequence it's like let's let's address you as if you want to convert tomorrow and if you don't that's 100, cool 100 percent. Yeah. i like 100%. that because so many times we can be treating people who are late stage just throw that too, right? You throw your late stage people in your 15 step funnel and that they've got to wait, what, 15 steps before they get to the late stage content and, and the, the ask and that kind of thing. And, th and they may, they may never get there. They, they, they might say, screw it. They might opt out long before they hit the bottom of your funnel when right. your buyer's journey pers persona content preference bullshit matrix said that this is a, the perfect time to deliver this piece of content. They might right. never get there. Right, because they're not linear, like you were saying earlier. They're not linear, and right. it, all, all it does by forcing them into that path is, that, hey, they need to, they can't control the situation. They don't want this, you know, early stage content. So I'm out. And Casey, something I've seen a lot of, I'd say, increasing success the more we play going down this path. I think for a long time I would think, okay, I got my marketing folks that are more, you know, content campaign, you know, say. HubSpot is to marketing what, you know, outreach or sales loft is to the sales guys, right? And sure. so here's the marketing stuff. Get, create MQLs, flip that to SDRs and sales teams who use uh, the sales automation. And now this is the sales stuff. This is the lead gen portion where they're asking for the order, right? 
They're asking, they're asking, Hey, would you consider evaluating us? Would you like to see demo like pricing? And what I found is if you take those same, what is, have been traditionally the sales automation, uh, uh, capabilities, one-to-one SDR emails, phone calls, voicemails, texts. If you use those tactics to deliver thought leadership, educational content, integrated with, say, your HubSpot, your Marketo, whatever you're doing on the marketing side of it, it's a lot more effective because the buyer's bullshit meters are really, really good. They know when they're receiving an email or seeing a publication from the marketing department versus an individual one-on-one sending them a text-based email, right? Unless unless your team or my team are sending them, in which case they have no idea. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Because, because no one has, no one has ever figured out you're, you're talking to a machine, right? That's right. In fact, you and I aren't actually even doing this interview. You and I are both having beers right now and our AI avatars are having this conversation. You and I had an email exchange. We plugged it into chat GPT. It spit out a, a script between the two of us. I uploaded that to Synthesia with our avatars and here, and here we are and no one knows the better. And here we are, and uh, and I, I had my uh, my graphic designer update my avatar a little bit, make me a little younger as well, so that we, uh, yeah, these this is my perfect self that you're uh, not chatting I, with right I, now. I did the opposite. I'm actually uh, 32 years old and a full head of hair, and yeah. Oh, I see. I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah perfect. Perfect. Yes, uh, your illusion is safe with me, sir. Well, well I, I feel like. We could, we could talk about these kind of things and go down a thousand rabbit holes all day, but yeah. I, I can't let you get out of here without asking, who are you? Who are you? How do you know all these things? Can you take me back in time to like little you days? Little Mike, did he know he's going to be running his own companies and, and marketing for publicly traded firms? And like, did you know this was in your future? What, what was it like growing up? That sounds a little bit arrogant, but kind of. Yeah, I, mean, I had no, I had no idea the specifics, right? Is it no, yeah. no way I can do that? I, I, I uh, you can take the boy off the farm. You can't take the farm out of the boy. I grew up on a farm in the Midwest, okay. um, uh, but I was always, uh, I, I knew young. I, I carried a laminate coming out of college. I came, I had a laminated card in my wallet and had five goals. One of them was to be VP of marketing for a Fortune 500 company, and that's. 35 years ago. Um, when did I you intent- write that card? Hmm? When, did, when did you write that? Uh, my late teens. Um, so you just sat down I, and were like, this is where you know I want to go? I've always, I've all, it's weird because I'm, I'm like kind of like blue collar in some ways, but I, I've always, I love art. I love yeah. words. I love video. I love sales. I love technology. I love process and all those things really come together in yeah. today's modern day digital marketing. I mean, I took the first job in sales knowing that I wanted to go into marketing. I was, I was a very successful sales rep because I did my own marketing. Um, I just thought it was the best way to learn a company, their culture, and the customers. Um, but I, I kind of, I, I describe myself as a salesperson in a marketing job. Um, <laughs> I, I think brand is freaking cool. Um, but I really, uh, uh, you know, it's probably why I would gravitated to B2B because at the end of the day, nothing happens until somebody sells something. 
in marketing's job, certainly in my company, at this company, it's to feed sales teams and make them more productive. And so brand is important, demand gen is important, and lead gen is important. At the end of the day, it's, it's are we growing sales? Whether those come marketing sourced opportunities or just marketing influenced, I mean, I measure it because I want to optimize it, but I, I don't care as long as we're, we're, we're growing sales. So, uh, you know, grew up in an entrepreneurial home. It was a farm, but my dad had lots of small entrepreneurial ventures. I grew up thinking only suckers work for other people. I knew I was going to do my corporate America to run. And it was my dream to, to be self-employed. I thought I would be rich and retired. That part of the story didn't necessarily work out. Yes. Um, but, uh, uh, my largest client at the time, uh, when, when my, when my agency days were, were wrapping up was Assure. Uh, I'd worked with CEO Pat for many, many years. He had the better boss or a customer for about 25 years. Uh, and so I'm loving what I'm doing, uh, helping this company grow right now. Wow. Yeah. Just the, the idea of being intentional. It sounds like you grew up with good influences around you. Was it a, was it like a, uh, plant plant like farm or like a moo moo farm which kind of farm was it uh when i was little there was lots of moo moo and uh as i as i got older it was it was plants yeah plants i don't i don't know what sound corn makes and soybean i don't know i don't know they just yeah, sit just, there and just, rustle just just the wind rustling i guess yeah <laughs> yeah so do you rem and do you still have that card on you do you still keep it around you know what i i wish i did i have no idea whatever happened to it I saved it forever. I, I don't know what happened to it. I lost it. Do you remember the other things on it? You know what? It was, uh, I remember some of them. So it was VP Marketing Fortune 500. It was to break, I can't remember, break a certain score in golf, maybe to, to break 80 in golf. Okay. I used to golf a lot before kids. I don't golf anymore. I got, I got good, but not great. Um, Did you break um, that one? I, I did not. I, I was I was approaching it, but I never broke it. Um, okay. It was to read two books a month. I was kind of ignorant growing up. I I was I liked playing the role of the dumb j jock who who liked party and sure. books weren't for me. And I uh, had an awakening in my young twenties. I'm like, this is no way to live. Uh, and I said, largely have fulfilled the two books a month for ever since then, and it's changed my life. Yeah. Um, and a few health goals that. There have been moments in my life where I've fulfilled it, but most mostly a big miss on the on the health goals. Totally, totally. Oh man, um, cool. I, I mean, I kind of feel like that's something everyone should do. Really, you know, I'm I'm kind of inspired to to write some stuff down. You know, doesn't I don't have to be twelve or you know. Do you remember how old you were when you wrote those? So you were a teenager. Oh, I mean, like like mid late college. I, I was probably yeah. around twenty or so. Oh, twenty. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I just, and I just, I can see that that just, you know, you, you, uh, just like we uh, improve what you measure, you know, you, you can achieve what you write down and go like, hey, this is where I want to go. And you, and you did. That's really cool. Um, Dude, talking to you right now, I'm like feeling inspired to do it again. It's like, yeah, these, me things, too. We, these things you do when you're, when you're young and you're all in, you know, I remember, you know, spending hours and hours and hours in the car as a, as a young sales rep selling time to attendance software in, in Wisconsin. I might have a three hour drive going oh, from nice. meeting to meeting all throughout the state. And so I listened to, you know, Brian Tracy, Zig Ziglar. Yeah. Uh, I mean, every, all those guys from that whole generation, I think I listened to everything I possibly could. So 
definitely super motivated and did all that kind of goal writing. It's like, I don't know, you, you, you get into your career, you start, uh, you start having kids and you, you, sometimes you lose some of those basics. Maybe it's kind of like our demand gen versus lead gen conversations. It's <laughs> the basics are, the basics are still work. They're, they're basics for a reason. Yeah. You know, I found, I found a sheet. I don't have it on me now, but um, I had written down some goals. And I think it was like 2012 or something. And I, yeah. and I found it the other day and you know what? I, I'm all, I always tend to be filled with compassion for like me from before, you know, because I mm. didn't know anything. I didn't know what was going to happen or not to me. And so I'm just putting down what I'd like to have happen. And some of those things did, and some of those things didn't. Some of those yeah. things didn't even matter anymore, but it was still, it was cool to yeah. see. It's like almost like time traveling, right? To, to get yeah, there. Yeah, right. And Which, some of the things that you, some of the things that you thought you wanted, now yeah. you know you don't, right? Mm-hmm. Like, man, I dodged a bullet on that one. Just glad that didn't happen. <laughs> right. right. So a bit of a hypothetical question for you, because I, I may or may not have a time machine here in New Hampshire. So you come visit, we get some beer, some lobster, and you use the right. time machine. And, you know, I'll, I'll tell the missus we'll be back in zero time because we'll come right back to the very spot we left. Um, but you get a chance to go meet yourself. You get a chance to meet yourself a couple days after graduating, you know, say four, four or so days, you just got that, that business degree, the marketing, you know, concentration. What do you tell yourself? What kind of advice would you give yourself? Fail faster. Fail faster. Don't, don't second guess yourself. Just take the risks, do, take calculated risks, learn and go make you know, make mistakes and just go. Don't, don't drag your feet on whether you should hire that person or fire that person, or they should try that new venture. You should try that new thing. Tr try the new things. Get, try as many things as you possibly can. Fail a whole bunch of times. Get those cycles out of your system. Out of, that's the wrong way to say it. Not out of your system, but just you'll you'll learn so much faster. The amount of time you waste on decisions that in retrospect you know, that person wasn't the right fit. That product was not the right thing. That messaging was not the right thing. I waited too long to confront this person about that. Just be candid, be authentic, act, be willing to make mistakes, be, have humility, and you'll probably be where you are today in half the speed. Absolutely. And, and achieve what's on that card. Yeah, Mike, where, where can people reach out if they want to contact you, connect with you, information on Assure, where do, you, where do they go? Yeah, uh, uh, assuresoftware.com. And if you, just, if you just type Assure Payroll HR, you'll, you'll, you'll find us. Um, we're super active in all social media. If you want to reach me, uh, you know, uh, hit me up on, on LinkedIn. Uh, try to have a, a meaningful presence there with articles and posts and in, in, in content that I'm sharing on a regular basis. Would love to connect with you there. Hell yeah, man. This has been so good. I, I just want to thank you. I, you know, we, we had a prep call. We just started talking about what this would be. And, and I had an inkling this was going to be fun, but man, we covered a lot of demand, lead gen, content. And, and it's, it's not, we're not saying any of it's bad. It's all got its own place right. and purpose and, and definitely not to forget about the Legion. I just want to thank you so much for coming on here, schooling me and everybody else. Well, I don't, I don't know if I did that, but it was a pleasure, Casey. Really enjoyed it. Hell yeah, hell yeah. For those listening, 
if you learned something, and I freaking know you did, because I got two pages of notes over here, front and back, then share this with someone else. One person, three people, 5,000 people. But whatever the number, put your take on there. What did you, what was your takeaway? Was it the field of dreams asking people for the sale? What was it? But put your take on it, tag Mike, tag me. And that's how we make things happen. Again, Mike, you are the man, sir. It's great to connect with you on here. Yeah, thanks. Thanks, Casey. Have a great day. Enjoyed it. Hell yeah. This has been a crazy cool episode of the Hardcore Marketing Show. We will catch you all next time.